Today I am back with Graham Cottingham, CEO at Quartermain, and we are looking at pension planning. And we've been looking over the last two times I've spoken with Graham very in-depth into also schemes. Now, what I'd like to take a look at today is what happens if things go wrong. We all know that the markets can be a volatile place. Things can go up, things can go down. That's what you always hear. So so let's get, get you in on this, Graham. What can go wrong? Well, I mean, the first part of it is that Anybody who's making an investment in anything obviously needs to talk to a properly regulated advisor uh, on this matter. And part of that process would require them to go through a, a risk profiling exercise and make sure that they're uh, providing advice that is suitable for the circumstances of the individual concerned. And some people have a more cautious outlook, some people are less risk averse and you know some people are willing to bet on russia or whatever you know that's that's um, that's up to them generally speaking from a trustee perspective we would prefer people took a, a well diversified portfolio of investments in properly regulated uh, investment funds so that they are spreading their risk and that it is appropriate to their risk profile and it's appropriate to the fact that you need to be careful with your pension investments. So unless you've got a lot of other assets that you can rely on if everything goes wrong, you shouldn't be doing high-risk things with your pension in general terms. But nevertheless, you know, people are able to have a, a, a quite a wide degree of choice as to the risk profile that they choose to pursue in, in, in a pension. In terms of what actually goes wrong with those things, you're right. I mean, people can do all sorts of research at a particular point in time and things don't work out the way they they had intended uh, you know that's the nature of of investing in markets that's why you get paid a bit more for investing in more risky assets because sometimes they won't perform um the bigger issues that we can watch out for on the uh, professional trustee side of things and on the advisory side is really um to try and help people avoid scams and these are more and more in the news these days all sorts of clever schemes to deprive people of their money by various unlawful means um, so we do occasionally as trustees see investments presented where we say no that's a bit too smelly for us thank you very much we recommend you avoid it um, generally when we're operating in a fiduciary capacity we don't have an advisory role but still if we see something that is obviously um, dodgy or something that's an unregulated fund we would we would generally decline it uh, and, and that is the reason why nevertheless there are circumstances in which a perfectly honest advisor has made a reasonable effort to assess an investment product and later on it turns out that it is it is dodgy for various reasons and um, in, a, in a recent case, for example, we were uh, trustees in liquidation in a case where we took uh, a fraudulent fund manager to court in the UK for essentially cheating investors out of about £17 million worth of assets. And in, in that case, we, we led a consortium of trustees in taking the action. And so I suppose one of the things that people who are getting into pension schemes need to know is will their 
trustees actually stand up for them if something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems like a pretty, pretty important factor there. So how tight is regulation of, of the industry in terms of the kind of advice and, and options that trustees can give? Right. So I think it's important to understand here there are all sorts of different roles in this. So on the formation of the pension itself, you, you need trustees and scheme administrators to put the thing together and to operate the trust. That is the container into which the assets go in a manner that is compliant with the also requirements in this case and potentially other requirements too if it's an international scheme. Separately to that, there is then the matter of um, which assets the client needs to invest in. And for that, there is financial advice, there is legal advice, depending on how complicated the asset is, uh, that needs to be taken on what is appropriate for the risk profile. So that's another job. And then you have the ultimate uh, person who manages the assets themselves that have been selected by the investment advisory team. And um, you, you can see that there is the potential for uh, problems to arise in, in several different areas. I mean, you, you, you could have liquidity problems in a fund. Um, that was the situation a few years ago with perfectly honest funds but that had invested in property that then became I illiquid and it wasn't possible to sell illiquid assets fast enough to provide people with the money that they wanted to take out. Um, so that was one example. But there are also people who misbehave in the market as well and you need to take action against them in a different way, of course. Now, obviously, there are bad actors in, in all sorts of fields and... Do you think that people push hard enough to get their money back if they are unfortunate enough to be one of these people who who loses out? Yes, I mean this is this is a big issue of course, isn't it? And the whole point of having regulators in the first place is to try and for, provide some protection for the retail public. Uh it's always really rather difficult to get the balance right between regulating appropriately to protect the public and not making the industry itself so expensive through that regulation that it becomes counterproductive, um, particularly as the people who are fraudsters are not going to pay any attention to the regulations in the first place. <laughs> and, and one of the frustrations, frankly, in the, in the court arrangements that we went through was that there was so much protection against you know, improperly pursuing someone from fraud that the fraudsters, we felt, sometimes had a bit of an advantage. But I think that the whole thing about the legal process is that a retail investor uh, is going to look at a challenge from a point of view of, well, I've, I've invested 10000 or $50,000 in, in, in fund X and it hasn't worked and I, I think they've misbehaved. But the cost of pursuing them as an individual is, is disproportionate to the value of the investment. And, and this is why retail investors need more protection. Um, on the other hand, if you have a pension fund and you're representing a number of different clients within that fund, you know, maybe you have 100 people in the scheme and they've, they've chosen a portfolio of assets or the sponsoring employer has chosen a variety of assets with their financial advisor for people to go into and one goes pop, then you have strength in numbers because we as the trustees who 
for legal reasons are the owners of those assets on behalf of those clients can then pursue the uh, the miscreant fund manager and uh, and see if we can see if we can get some some justice for those for those people and that's where you need the support because what you're saying is that often people are cautious because they're worried that the cost of pursuing their money is is going to outweigh the benefits of what they might get back in the end yes that's right yes um and and i think a lot of people are, are put off by that um and in the first instance if people have concerns about what's happening with an investment they should get hold of their investment advisor and ask them for an update the, the investment advisor should be keeping tabs on what's happening with those investments on an ongoing basis they should be able to speak for what's happened with those investments and there, there can be perfectly legitimate reasons why um, funds lose value I mean they, they don't go up all the time that's a, that's a matter of fact um, the question is why and has has something that needs attention happened and uh, financial advisors would be the first port of call for that the regulated funds would generally produce fact sheets on a periodic basis anyway so that would also provide some um, some information and in the event that something needed shareholder approval then there would be circulars going around about that um, if people are more international in their outlook, of course, there are different rules about how that works in different jurisdictions. And um, you know, some people uh, might choose to be a bit more adventurous in the in the assets they go after, and there could be higher risk associated with it. I mean, one example of that would be uh, digital currencies, which yep. which we've never accepted in pension schemes, by the way. But, you know, people do occasionally ask us to take them. And... Um, We've seen how volatile those are and how some of them go pop altogether. Oh, yes. Um, so <laughs> the, la the last year has been particularly difficult where that's concerned, certainly. So it's all it all boils down to, as we probably always know, that just being sensible and doing due diligence around where you are putting your money and who you trust. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, Graham, again on Money Talk. I'll be back tomorrow.